0: Life Audio.
1: This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations.
2: We want families to come here and gain insightful strategies that empower them to successfully teach diverse learners at home.
1: Hosted by founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool, Peggy Ployer.
2: Our goal is that these powerful weekly conversations will boost your confidence to cultivate the best at-home learning environment for your student.
1: For more homeschool resources, go to spedhomeschool.com. You're listening to Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. We'll start the conversation with Peggy and her guests next.
0: Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the daily family conversation starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold.
1: This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by SPED Homeschool, a nonprofit that empowers families to home-educate diverse learners. To learn more, visit spedhomeschool.com. Here's Peggy Ployer.
2: Today, we're going to learn about how to incorporate historical and current events into your holiday celebrations with special guest, Connor Boyack. We've been talking this a whole month about how to um, incorporate various things into the holiday season? Because a, a lot of times our holidays get incorporated with a lot of stuff that we don't intentionally put into them, and um, we want to be more intentional this this holiday season. And so, I'm excited for you to talk to, with us about incorporating maybe some historical current events um, and making those teachable moments within the holiday season. Um, so, so thanks for being with us. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I'm excited. It's a good good and relevant topic.
2: Yes, yeah. And you're the perfect person for this. So I would love for you just to um introduce yourself a bit to our audience, let them know who you are and um and why you're so passionate about um about you know just freedom and and I know I've I've read a lot about you. I've heard lots of people say my husband wishes he was here with me interviewing you.
3: <laughs> so, well tell him to say hello and, yeah. and uh, I'm happy to be here. I I'm what I like to call a full-time freedom fighter. I have the Mm -hmm. great honor and privilege of spending all my waking energy um, that isn't dedicated to my family uh, fighting for for more freedom. I Mm -hmm. founded a nonprofit a decade ago called Libertas Institute. Fun little fact, uh, the Statue of Liberty, her name is Libertas. It's the Roman goddess ah. of liberty. So if you're ever at a party and you want to look impressive, you can quiz people <laughs> on whether they know the name <laughs> of the Statue of Liberty. So Libertas Institute, we're a think tank. So we change laws. We partner with elected officials and support mm. them, provide them with resources and research and talking points and media and all kinds of things to awesome. build the case for changing laws that, uh, trying to repeal laws that stand in the way of entrepreneurs and families. Mm. And, um, so that's kind of my day job. Uh, along with that, I have written, I think 37 books, uh, most known for the Tuttle twins, yeah. uh, children's books, which have sold millions of copies. Now it's a cartoon. I'm, I'm wearing uh, one of our our merch uh, Ah. uh,
4: uh,
3: sweatshirts (laughs) from the cartoon. So, you know, we do a cartoon and a podcast and we have a game and books and curriculum and really just trying to create a lot of resources through the Mm. Tuttle Twins Project that empower families to have deep, meaningful conversations about ideas that matter. I don't think our country is going to be saved in the courtroom or the capital, I think it's saved around the dinner tables across yes. the country as we talk as families about these ideas and empower our kids to better engage in the world they're becoming a part of.
2: Absolutely, and um, that's why we're all about empowering parents, because um, the, the parents are the ones who make the choices, and they they can choose to incorporate things for their kids, or just well, sometimes choose not to do anything, and that's a choice, um, or or choose to be proactive, um, and and sometimes we don't don't even realize we're not being proactive unless it. It comes out on, you know, a podcast or a conversation or something that you're, you just realize where you're headed and where you're going isn't where you want to go. Um, and I think the holiday season more so than any other time of the year kind of gets us in that loop of, well, this is what we do. And we don't even sometimes know why we do it anymore. Um And, and so I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation. We've, we've been talking about various things, um, this month, but, um, but it's nice to end on this, this note as we're, we're kind of headed into that. Um, so how does your passion for freedom translate into how you personally with your family celebrate the holidays?
3: Well, um, I, I like to analyze everything. I I like to understand why we do what we do. And when you take that approach to the holidays, uh, I'll I'll share a controversial example first. Okay, (laughs) why uh, not? (laughs) Why not get people riled up in the comments, right? So uh, as an example, before we go back to the holiday aspect of this, I do not pledge allegiance to the flag. Now, I am a very patriotic person. My literal whole day job is fighting for the principles of freedom and justice and everything. Why would I not pledge allegiance to the flag? Well, uh, years ago, when I uh, began to question, why do we do this, where we have these young kids repeat Mm -hmm. this thing that they don't understand and what's the history of it? When you, when I researched the Pledge of Allegiance, I found that it was written by this socialist person. He wanted to mm. indoctrinate kids into being part of this collective rather than uh, honoring their individuality. Uh, I, I okay. learned that we used to do the Hitler salute before Congress changed it to put our hand over our heart because Nazis were on the right. Like, all these mm. interesting things where I felt wow. like, you know, I don't know that mere words do it for me. And I think some of the history mm. of it makes it controversial. I'm going to pledge allegiance to God and my family and mm. my country in different ways, mm. not just saying this thing that everyone says. Now right. that can be controversial for some people who have been raised to think that the pledge is, you know, mm-hmm. a litmus test for freedom. Right. Uh, now with the holidays, I, I do something similar. I'll, I'll give an example. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, we just went through Thanksgiving.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I love taking this approach to Thanksgiving because the true, the, the fable of Thanksgiving is that these backwater pilgrims who didn't know how to plant and didn't know how to do anything were rescued by the Mm. natives who shared their cornucopia of abundance (laughs) and they had a dinner together and it was a kumbaya. And that's like about it. It's this Mm. weird, superficial, Mm -hmm. vague kind of description. The true history of Thanksgiving is amazing. The pilgrims basically financed their voyage over to this continent with a loan that required them to basically have collective ownership of property mm. and to work in common together, and uh, and they hated it. The guy they had a, a kind of a, a appointee who went and negotiated the loan. When he came back and said, "Here's the loan," they were extremely like frustrated because they saw a defect mm. in that approach. But they were in a bind and they right. didn't have other options, so they took the loan. They came here. Everyone starts planting and trying to like you know grow and be able to pay down the loan. And Governor Bradford in his journal starts recording and basically says that everyone, what we would call today, calling in sick. Everyone was like, you know, oh, (laughs) my back hurts. Oh, my, because why are people going to go to work when it's for other people's families, not Mm -hmm. their own? This is what in economics we call the profit motive when you don't Mm -hmm. have uh, that incentive. So Governor Bradford decides unilaterally without any like authority or anything. But he he says, you know what, we're going to renegotiate the, the terms of the loan, everyone gets to keep what they plant and what they produce. And then, you know, you'll pay back your portion of the loan, mm-hmm. but we're not going to have collective collectivism, basically early proto communism, right. we're going to have private property rights, individual freedom, you do you, and then mm-hmm. you just pay back your portion. He was recording in his journal, the production levels of all of the, you know, his associates and, and, uh, and, and, peers. And what before was this dearth of production skyrocketed Mm, into, mm -hmm. you know, and and so to me, the story of Thanksgiving, it's, you know, private property rights, it's individual freedom, it's free markets. and, And suddenly the history becomes more interesting when we really analyze it and question those fables and the silly stories we're told. And so that's where I think we can bring value to the holidays is really trying to dig in and understand some of the history of it that makes it perhaps more meaningful.
2: Right, because we do water it down a lot, and over the years it gets more watered down and more watered down and and there's nothing really left than what like you said, a fable um that that we don't even need any context you know to to understand it because it it's so simplified.
3: It's like that telephone game right, one person right says, exactly and like wait, <laughs> that's not what I said at the beginning, that's not what it is,
2: right, absolutely. So yeah, that's a great example. And, um, and just how much we can, we can take it out of its context. And even not even, you know, nowadays, a lot of families probably didn't even think about that first Thanksgiving. Um at all even at their 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 meals it was all about what what food are we putting on the table you know who are we inviting over who's sick um who's died in the last couple of years you know all yeah. of all of those things which are important we we need to focus on family and and relationships and and all of those things too but but absolutely there's there's so much more that we don't know after a word from our sponsor we'll dive back into this conversation
0: Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by bestselling author Katie Clemens. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today wherever books are sold.
3: What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org/impact.
1: This is empowering homeschool conversations provided by Sped Homeschool. Go to spedhomeschool.com to get resources and support for teaching your unique learner at home.
2: So that's Thanksgiving. Um, Do you have a great story for Christmas?
3: (laughs) Um, Christmas, you know, well, I'll, I'll I'll take Christmas with a different spin. I I think freedom more broadly for me, and it it encompasses a whole lot of issues. uh, The the quest for truth, the pursuit of truth.
4: um, Mm -hmm.
3: And, you know, how I uh, reflect that in my parenting? Have I Mm. been raised culturally in a certain way that maybe is in conflict without me really thinking about it Mm. with these values where I want to raise my children in truth? And so when my kids were very young and I was really thinking a lot about this, I realized that I never want to lie to my kids Mm. or I made that decision. And I realized that many of our holidays encourage us to, to do yeah. exactly that, Christmas specifically. So mm-hmm. our kids grew up never being taught that Santa is a thing and some mm-hmm. random person is giving them gifts. I wanted them to connect, you know, with their parents and and relatives to say we right. are the ones giving you gifts because we love you. This is coming from us. Mm-hmm. We're providing mm-hmm. for you. And and, uh, and so of course, you know, that's a little delicate because everyone loves the the myth and. You don't You don't want your kid to be that kid where they right. you know, tell your <laughs> peers, like, Santa isn't real. And so having to balance telling my kids the truth while also cautioning them not to go shout it from the rooftops. Right, that compassion
2: things. that goes in with that. <laughs> yeah.
3: Right. So, so to me, like, then I can connect in Christmas more with my kids by not having an elf on the shelf and to have mm-hmm. that be the disciplinarian or not having Santa, but really to say, Certainly, there's the religious aspect to this uh, mm-hmm. for, for our family, but even just right. from uh, a broader perspective, it's. It, um, I think that with Christmas has really allowed our family to focus more on ourselves and one another as a family, mm-hmm. uh, which I think you know strengthens relationships and really helps us. And so, certainly, mm-hmm. there's various other things. There's the story from World War One where. You know, they came out of the trenches and played, mm, you know, yeah, right. uh, sports together and exchanged things. So there's little Christmas adjacent stories like that, that, that mm-hmm. uh, we can read about and share. Uh, you know, another one top of mind is, as we call it the 4th of July, like we don't call Christmas the 25th of December, right? <laughs> right. Why, do we call, <laughs> why do we call Independence Day? You know, because I think words matter. And so when we it's do. watered down to the 4th mm-hmm. of July, we're, we're going one step further removed from the substance of the holiday i think it's important for example during the independence day holiday to read the declaration of independence Mm. that holiday becomes more meaningful when we take a moment to say why do we do this why are we barbecuing lighting fireworks it's like Mm. oh maybe when we read the declaration of independence together and the list of grievances for which the founding fathers felt justified and
4: and basically
3: mm-hmm. seceding from Great Britain. Maybe we right. compare that to our own day and say, hmm, are the grievances we have today about our government better or worse? Or, you know, that that's interesting. That's educational right. for kids. It creates mm-hmm. more significance behind the, the holidays.
2: Yeah, and, and being willing to die for it. Um, you know, I, I love your example that you use specifically said this is a is i'm going to tell my kids the truth Um, are we willing to stand on that are we willing not to compromise on those things um and and to 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 list them out to write them down to agree to move forward no matter what the cost is for that because a lot of these things that we talk about they're costful um especially in the environment that we live in because a lot of times it draws lines Um, and of course we won't live in a wishy-washy society that doesn't want any lines or they want you to be on their side of the line and not your side of the line. <laughs> right. Um so so how have you um I guess what maybe a better question. Um how, what would you recommend to parents who say I know I need to draw some lines. Um or I need to even maybe move back before that and I need to figure out what my truths are. Um do you have any advice for mm. them?
3: Well, I I have had a variety of coaches and others that I I really try and invest in myself and do mentorships and masterminds and coaches. And hmm. the first time I had a coach in the first meeting, I sat down with him and he said, "What do you want?" Hmm. And I was like, "Well, what do you mean? Like, yeah. well, what, what do you want? What do you what do you?" What are you seeking? What are you? What are your goals? What are you really striving for? I was like, I haven't really like written that that down, and Uh I'd always tried the New Year's goals in the past, and you know, January Uh tenth comes Uh along, and I've already forgotten them. And um, so, so I've really through this whole process become a believer that intentionality is key. If if we sit down Mm -hmm. as parents and we say, what do we want from our uh, for our kids? I want my kids to be entrepreneurial. I want my kids to mm. think critically. I want my kids to be service minded. Like like talk you know with your spouse about that and and right. evaluate let's say the top 5 things that you want for your child. Well, mm. you know, what I often will say to that is most of those values are not being uh, encouraged by the government school system, which is why homeschooling is so great. And so, right. like if, yep. if, you, <laughs> if you're enrolling your kids in an institution that not only is not supporting you in those goals, but is often mm. working counter to them, maybe you should reconsider. But this right. is a homeschooling podcast. So, we don't right. uh, do
2: <laughs> oh, We have a lot about. of people that aren't homeschoolers listening in. So.
3: All right. Okay. So, you come up with your five values, right? And And, you know, more or less, whatever. But you pick five and you say, this is what I'm after with my kids. Then you need to say, mm-hmm. all right, now that I know what type of children I want to raise, am I homeschooling them or are they in the right you know, educational environment to mm-hmm. cultivate that? Are we as a family, are we as parents supporting them in that? If, if, right. if I want my kids to think critically, for example, do we discuss the current events in the news around the dinner table? Mm-hmm. Do I mm-hmm. have them enrolled in a debate league? Uh, you know, yeah. do I have them reading, you know, the Tuttle Twins and the, the guide to logical <laughs> fallacies to, you know, ah, yes. Love that so, book. <laughs> so are we, are we doing the things that are leading us towards our goals? Are we being intentional mm. enough that we've taken the time to clarify what we want? Yeah. Like my coach asked me, and then analyzing ourselves and our family situation to say, are we structured the right way? Are we focused mm, on the mm-hmm. right things? Only by orienting ourselves in a direction, say I I know where North is and I'm going to, my, my, my path there is going to be a lot of this, you know, pivoting back Mm -hmm. and forth to get there, but I have the direction fixed and a compass to guide me. I don't know that a lot of us as parents do that. We tend to be far more Mm -hmm. reactive than proactive. Mm -hmm. We go along with what we were raised to do and what society expects and, We let our kids be influenced by textbooks and teachers and TikTok and everything else. And we're Mm -hmm. not really uh, honed in the right way. I think intentionality is key. Final, final uh, thing I'll mention here. Mm -hmm. I have a new book coming out in a few weeks for parents called children of the collective. Hmm. Uh, Glenn Beck did the forward for this one. And um, it's all about how collectivists, throughout history have always gone after the kids. Why do, why do all the mm. dictators, all the thugs always try and go after the rising generation? And then we talk about how it's happening today yeah. and how parents can shield their kids from that trend. In the end of mm. the book, I share a story about the Hungarian Revolution when the Soviets were just, you know, uh, having all their oppression and, and there was this family that mm. fled Hungary uh, to go to Austria, the hadjocks. And um, they had two kids. The, the girl, I believe, was 13 years old. And when they fled to the country next to them, she was sharing, uh, there were some people interviewing them and talking to them. And this mm. 13-year-old girl was boldly saying like, you know, we're free of the Soviets now. And I would mm. never believe the garbage that my teachers were telling me. It was all indoctrination. And this mm. is bold girl, just kind of like right. speaking these things. And the interviewer was like, turned to the mom and said, how is your daughter like this? Why isn't she, why didn't she get swept up in all the propaganda and everything? Like most mm. of the other kids were in these schools and in this environment. Right. Mrs. Hadjog said every night after the lights were out and the town was quiet, we would all uh, go down into the cellar. I mean, cause they were worried about spies and snitches and everything else. Mm-hmm. Right. She says we would go down into the cellar and her, her quote was we would wash their brains of all the filth, that was mm. filled into them that day this daily action of okay what were the, what did they tell you in school what did right. you hear what did you talk about she says we would focus mm. on true principles and we would help wash and cleanse our children's brains it's that level of intentionality i think right. we need today otherwise we're going to wake up a decade later to find that our kids mm-hmm believe totally differently. They're, they're now exactly. social justice warriors or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think it, it requires a level of intentionality that a lot of us aren't doing. So I think we start mm-hmm. with what are we after? What are those goals? Mm-hmm. And then analyzing our family dynamic to say, how can we better implement activities and lessons and whatever right. that are conducive towards those goals?
2: Yes. Yeah. We can't shelter our kids completely from the environment or the world, um, but we can build in those conversations and um, and so much more. Um, and this, we have a really good question from one of our, our viewers related to that, who has a child in an activity. And she said, we don't do Santa also. This year, my son's team though has been asking him nonstop about what Santa's bringing him. He asked me, how do I tell them we don't believe in Santa without saying that he's fake? <laughs>
3: Mm, I love that question. I had to tackle that question too. If, you, if mm-hmm. you are doing something different from the norm, what happens when the norm comes after you and challenges right. you? Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I approached this as a teaching moment for my son, uh, mm. who was my oldest because he was the first one we had to do this with. And mm-hmm. I said, look, you're, you're going to have people who tell you that Santa is real. You're going to have people who are upset with you if you don't believe Santa. But here's how mom and I think about this. We think it's important to always focus on the truth. And we think mm-hmm. it's important to defend the truth because there's a lot of people in the world who don't believe the truth and who argue against it. And mm-hmm. you're know, and you going to see this throughout your whole life. So here's a simple example where it's happening to you. But we want you to know that this is just the beginning and this is just mm-hmm. a little taste of What we want you to think about through your life as you get older, whether it's economic truths or political truths or historical truths or religious Mm -hmm. truths or whatever, your life is going to be one where we want you to learn what truth is and understand it well enough where you can stand up for it. And so look, son, if you don't understand this whole Santa thing or whatever, like I get it, you're young, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But like, we want you to know that this is our family, like we focus on truth. And we want to support you if, if your teacher is saying, you know, pressuring right. you or you're like, let's talk about it. We want to help you because this is a lifelong thing for you that we're committed to. It's not about Santa. It's not about Christmas. It's about truth and defending truth. And so putting it in that context, even mm. at this young mm-hmm. age, when we had to really simplify it, I think it was helpful to establish a foundation of, like, this is what we're all about. And people are always going to attack us right. for what we believe or, or criticize yeah. what we stand for. Mm-hmm. But we wear that um, with pride, in a sense. Right, You give them a firm we,
2: foundation to, to come from and, yep. instead of just saying, well, you know, let's skirt around it this way or that way. And y- you can only skirt so long. And, and eventually, you have to know why you're doing what you're doing. And your kids have to, too. Um, because we've been seeing, I I know I'm, I talked, I I graduated my kids out of my homeschool all recently in the last five years. And unfortunately we've seen a whole bunch of similar aged kids, you know, they go to college and they don't know what they believe and, um, they just fall away. Um, it doesn't mean that we are going to do a perfect job as parents, that all of our kids are going to turn out perfect (laughs) just because we homeschool. But, um, but them knowing why they have that truth and knowing, you know, because we've had those discussions and we built that foundation is so important. Yeah. So yeah. She said he's been avoiding it by going to the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> That's one thing to do. Good strategy. Yes.
3: Conflict <laughs> avoidance.
2: <laughs> so yeah. Well, as as far as strategies go, um what are some things that you would recommend that um families can do to just ground themselves in truth in in the holiday context, you know, we've got Christmas and of course Thanksgiving and um and just the the whole new year. It gives the opportunity. We have so much at least we did. We had so much more dedicated family moments. And just to utilize those family moments and those those times, those quieter times that we have together when, you know, activities kind of tone down for a little bit to really focus on this is what we believe. How can we use those moments most effectively?
3: Mm. Well, I, I think the theme for me still is the word intentionality. And with that, I would say, um, preparing for a holiday on what you want to talk to your kids about or how you want to make it more Mm. meaningful. I think an aspect of preparation is important. I think research is also key from our Tuttle Twins community. A lot of the parents who I would say the majority of parents who get the books themselves do not feel very well informed on the ideas. Our books teach their kids about Hmm. whether it's entrepreneurship or economics or, you know, uh, Civics or whatever. And so the parents feel like, well, I don't Mm. know. So How could I talk to my kid? That's frankly, one of the value propositions behind our books is like, hey, mom or dad, you don't need to know you can just read this together with your kids and you'll both learn. But Mm. with the holidays, I think, because of that ignorance that a lot of us have about Mm -hmm. history and so forth. The, the preparation we need to bring to to make the holiday more meaningful requires us to do a little bit of research. So as a little tip, yeah, yeah. one thing that I like to do is I'll Google things like real story behind blank. So the, uh-huh. you know, the real story behind yeah. giving,
4: for mm-hmm. example,
3: or you know the the true history of blank, right? And to mm-hmm. see what people have written about this before, or podcasts, or YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, and so I like to do that. Another thing I think that could be good is uh, similar searching searching for things like. Uh, how to make blank more meaningful? So, how to make mm. Christmas more meaningful mm-hmm. for your kids? Or how to, you know, engage kids? And look, there's mommy bloggers and YouTubers and influencers <laughs> all over the internet who have thought up all this content for you. It really right, is just exactly.
2: You it's exciting
3: to mm-hmm. be intentional enough to spend yeah. the time. To do a little bit of research find something the final thing maybe i'll say about intentionality is i find that when i just spring something on my kids during a holiday for example hey kids i want to sit down and talk to you about the real meaning of thanksgiving (laughs) my my
2: husband does the same thing and yeah same reaction
3: (laughs) so i think again preparing the kids is setting expectations is what i'm getting at so maybe it's Mm -hmm. the day before the week before hey guys Thanksgiving's coming up. I just want you to know I'm planning an activity or I just have mm-hmm. like a you know, fifteen minute thing I want to share this video I want to watch with you guys. Yeah. So let's just make sure we find, you know, time during the day to do, oh yeah, okay, that, mm-hmm. you know. But if you set expectations ahead of time, yes. it's a softer landing to introduce mm-hmm. that stuff rather than just than just springing it on them.
2: Right. Because they have in their minds, this is what happens on this day. And right. or, you know, they've got their own plans. I remember my my kids, you know, thinking, oh, I've got a day off and they already had a list of things that they wanted to do on that day. And here we spring something on them and it did. Yeah, it does not go well.
3: <laughs> That's where I like the flexibility of homeschooling, because for me, the true virtue of homeschooling. I, in fact, I hate the term. I've never liked mm. the term homeschooling because I think schooling uh, creates a far too narrow context for what it mm. really is. It's, it's yeah. home-centered learning. Yes. And, uh, and really, it's just learning through life. Um, mm-hmm. I, I tend to gravitate more towards the unschooling style than the very structured curriculum, yep. and basically replicating school in the home, which is where we get the term homeschool, I think, from.
2: Right, um, yep. <laughs> and so,
3: so I, I, think, uh, I think learning through life is key. Why? Because mm-hmm. it's what we as adults do the the whole yeah. like the weirdest thing to me about the past few decades is we've concocted this completely artificial educational mm. process for children yeah. to require them to learn in ways that we as adults don't learn right. uh, and so why not allow them as was done for centuries and millennia mm-hmm. to basically learn through life along with us and then later through apprenticeships and, and so forth. And yeah. so what I love about this holiday approach is, is it treats homeschooling like it ought to be, which is just, <laughs> hey, so like, it's you know Easter. Okay, great. Like, What can we learn about that? Let's watch a video about it. Let's mm-hmm. go on a field trip to whatever. And, and extracting from these holidays and events in our life, educational benefit that can enrich those moments and deepen our children's understanding. That's, in my mind, what homeschooling is ultimately about, which means that whether it's a holiday or any event or circumstance in life, it's always that intentional question of how can I help my kids learn something or experience something here, here that will make them better people and better prepare them for the future. And holidays present plenty of opportunities to do exactly that.
2: That's so true. Yes. Yeah. So we just have to, like you'd been talking about, be intentional, find those, find those times and then go back to what our core values are, which we were talking about earlier as well. Um, and I think putting that maybe in a place that you see it often because <laughs> we yeah. can get so back, you know, we get in those ruts and it can be, oh yeah, this is how we do school. Um, but to create that new pattern of um, this is how we're going to be intentional and, and create new patterns. Um it's a lot of work. And um but you've got extra time and you know, put as you've put aside those books hopefully for the, the holiday season and um and try something new. I mean that's why we've been talking about this month doing unit studies because it's it's that time where you, you can you know, be just do things a little bit more leisurely and interactive with your kids, and um, and not feel as guilty, I guess, about it, um, which we shouldn't. Right? Like you said, is because um, kids do learn better in in those environments.
3: And um, I think regular check-ins is also you know an important part of this yeah. too, uh, because it's easy to set the New Year's resolution or set the goal or set the intention, but then you get sucked mm-hmm. into daily life and you forget. Right. And so, you know, with my wife and I, we have monthly check-ins now where Mm, or calendar time where it's like, hey, we're going to, you know, part of it is our own relationship and Mm -hmm. planning late nights and everything else, right? right? But then it's also with the kids and it's like, hey, how is this going? Do we need to reorient anything? How are we uh, doing here? With our kids and their teachers, we have structured times. We have our kids, we homeschooled them for a decade. We now have them in a private school called the Mm -hmm. Nacken Academy. And, And so having those structured times where we're sitting down with each child and their teacher, uh, right. They don't call them teachers, they're called guides, but um, <laughs> where we can sit down and evaluate, how's it going? Where are we trying right. to go? What were the goals? How can we support you? So having those regular check-ins, I think it's mm-hmm. extremely important if we want to always, again, like we know where North is, but you know, if, if you're off by like, it's that whole analogy, if you're a pilot, right? If you're off right. by like a degree for mm-hmm. every mile you travel, you're like way far away. So you're right. always having to like reorient, reorient. the direction mm-hmm. you're going. And, yes. and if we're not structuring in that reorientation, we're going to mm. get a drift from where we were yeah. and then ultimately abandon the destination because we're too far off. Let's make mm. sure we're reorienting so that where we said we want to go, we're actually going to get to.
2: Yes, that's a great point, those check-ins um, and and what a great time to, to be starting that um, as we approach the new year and um, have that as a, a goal, not a... Um, <laughs> Not a resolution, <laughs> yeah. but but something that um, that you strive to do and um, make already put it in the calendar so it happens. Um, and I think that's a lot of times what our families end up doing. Our the kids that are more diverse learners tend to to func- function better with a rhythm, and so our our kids tend to to draw us back into that rhythm more than um, than a, a typical child who's just free to. <laughs> to float a little bit more. Um and and I know rhythms are important within in family structures. Um do you have anything to, to say about that as far as, you know, creating that um rhythm other than those those monthly check ins, um just intentional um like cycles of time, days, weeks. Um I know it's a little yeah. bit off topic, but it's you seem like the perfect person to talk about that.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's uh I think part of it is the expectations where we're also talking to our kids about what we expect of them. They'll gripe Mm -hmm. that like, Oh, my friends don't have to do this or my, and I'll say, that's fine. But you know, look around at society and how, you know, things are so dumbed down. We don't want you to be like everyone else. We want our our family culture. Again, that Mm -hmm. intentionality of saying, what are we striving for? What do we stand for? Mm -hmm. You know, and our family culture is this. So we have these expectations and we want to help support you. We're not here to be taskmasters and, you know, uh, right. just force this stuff on you. So setting the expectations up front, I think uh, getting our kids into uh, goal setting, I think incentives mm. are important. Uh, we never do an allowance ourselves. I, I don't think uh, personally that children should be rewarded for pulling their weight in, mm. in the family household. But I do believe in incentives because that's how humans mm. behave is always on incentives. And so right. where my kids have certain educational goals, right where appropriate sometimes we'll come in and say okay great like what what could be a celebration if you mm. you know finish these three books in this amount of time we'll go to your you know favorite restaurant that you know we never go to, or something just right. to have mm-hmm. that motivational factor um, the calendaring things i think is often critical so mm-hmm. it's one thing to say yeah let's make sure we talk about this no 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 let's, yeah. you, mm-hmm.
4: you got to put it in the calendar yeah, right you gotta exactly
3: you got to protect uh, protect it I have also found that quarterly day dates with our kids has been very helpful. Mm. So in our case, we have two kids. And so my wife and I will alternate every quarter doing a day date just with you know that one child. And so having that alone awesome. time where we can talk mm-hmm. to them about their goals and, hey, how are things going? And what's not working? And what's working well? Mm-hmm. And just talking openly about it, I think has been very helpful. Um, and then beyond that, I would say, sometimes more of the power comes from the spontaneous conversations than the planned ones. So as important yeah. as the plan and the preparations are for making sure nothing's slipping and making sure you are reorienting as needed. Mm-hmm. I think oftentimes it's the spontaneous conversations that have more power because we're responding to something that's weighing on our kids' minds. Mm-hmm. We're pulling something out of a you know current event or something we heard on the radio and we can have a conversation together about it. You know, our kids saw something on their friends' you know phone at, on TikTok that you know they're you know curious about or right. concerned about. Yes. you know, great. Let's let's talk as a family mm-hmm. about that and mm-hmm. use that as a hook to have a deeper conversation yeah. about something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, yeah, leaving space and, and always on the prowl for what are those like spontaneous conversations that you can, I think those mm-hmm. are the ones that are more memorable too, because if we're talking about what our kids are focused and thinking about, I think that's yes. gonna be better than us coming to them and saying, I have this presentation. Please sit down for my, you know, 20 slide PowerPoint. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and so trying to even weave in what we want to talk about. In terms of what our our kids are focused on, I wrote a book years ago called Passion Driven Education. Mm. Uh, John Taylor Gatto did the foreword. This was, gosh, I don't know, six, seven, six years ago, and um, and the whole idea behind Passion Driven Education is building an education model or curriculum around our child's individual interests because yeah. they. Like my, my son right now loves Pokemon, right? If I asked him to write me a, like, he's writing a book all about like fan fiction (laughs) about Pokemon, right? Uh, Uh, Or if I take algebra and instead of X and Y as like these abstract variables, if I just replace them with like the, the acronym for that Pokemon or the first letter, he's suddenly more interested just because mm, we're counting Pokemon rather than counting random numbers. Or if I want to say, Hey, let's watch this YouTube video about, uh, you know, this interview with the animators, uh, behind the Pokemon cartoon where they show suddenly he's learning about illustration and business Mm -hmm. and and all these things. And so paying attention to what our kids' interests are, what they're curious about, what they're focused on, and then building and supporting kind of an education around that, they are going to, uh, far more deeply retain that information Mm -hmm. and then apply it because they understand innately why it matters. It matters to them because it's helping right. them understand more about what they're already curious about rather than mm-hmm. me showing up with a textbook and saying, Today we're going to learn American history, right? Uh, <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. Whatever the topic yep. is. So that's passion driven yep. education. And, and I think just even broadly, the philosophy really is just we got to be in tune to what our kids are thinking about and wondering mm-hmm. about and interested in. Yes. And then let's respond to that because then it's going to stick better.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's something we talk about a lot on the show because our kids, sometimes you can't get to do anything unless you hone into that one thing. And um, and I, my kids were the exact same way.
4: <laughs> yeah, a lot <laughs> um, of them are. <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah, so Heather was um, commented, she said, from Thanksgiving till New Year's, they um, focus on um, studying international studies at Christmas around the world. and And, you know, we did the same thing. My kids were interested in Japan. And so we we went off that interest, and we went off on around the world, and went okay. So what are they doing in Japan for Christmas? You know, and and then you have so many um, good conversations, not only about you know culture and and those things, but and but it's also in their area of interest, so they're they're more likely to dive into it, and then you can build in some of that that holiday. You know what. Well, what's what's spring in their holiday? Are they Christian, or are they just celebrating Christmas because the, the U.S. does it? You know, you you have a lot of good um, conversations about that as well.
3: I, I agree that those conversations emerge from that. What also emerges from that is what I call kind of the the rabbit hole effect, right? You go down mm. the rabbit hole with these ideas. So it's like let's let's run with Japan for a minute, right? If yeah. I if I do that with my son. You know, and and we because he's curious about Japan because he's really mm-hmm. big into Pokemon and anime, right. and so he wants to learn. So it's like, okay, let's learn about Japan. Okay, suddenly we're learning about you know the imperial Japanese a century ago. Then we're learning about mm. samurais. Then we're learning about kamikaze fighters, which pulls me into Pearl Harbor, which right, you know, pulls me, and, and and like this is how we as adults learn, right? We're on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. like clicking around all these articles, or on YouTube, going from right, one video and we go, where
2: did we start? Yeah, and and who cares
3: where you started because you're right. learning a ton and it matters to you and it's engaging your curiosity. And mm-hmm. so what's amazing about what I think Heather was her name and what yeah. uh, what you're sharing here is like, to me, that's authentic learning. It's, yes. it's just, you know, branching off into like, hey, this was interesting mm-hmm. to me. Now I want to go down this path. Now I want to go down here. And, uh, and I again, I think that's the, the ideal uh, opportunity with homeschooling is to provide the freedom and flexibility to allow for that that rabbit hole effect to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the opposite in in the schools, right? It's this regimented approach where um, I I think it inhibits deep learning because it's like, okay, 45 minutes, the bell Mm -hmm. goes off onto the next subject. And we're training kids to just have this superficial level treatment of this information, Mm -hmm. sapping their mental energy, so they can't really you know, they don't have the innate desire to go deeply on a particular topic because they've just been bombarded with all these like superficial increments of knowledge. Um, To me, Mm -hmm. homeschooling allows children to authentically learn, let them go, you know, watch a YouTube video for an hour and a half. If it's all about the aerodynamics of, you know, the latest uh, space shuttle. And Mm -hmm. I mean, who? because you can't like count now how many people are in professions that have to do with things that they learn through this rabbit hole effect because they just, yes. one thing led to another, led to another, mm-hmm. and then suddenly, wow, I'm really interested in this and I've got a knack for it. And if we mm-hmm. don't allow our kids to experiment and experience learning that way, maybe we're depriving them of these cool, random you know, professions or pursuits or business opportunities Absolutely. or whatever that would come in their life.
2: Yeah, that was that was the case with my oldest. I, he went to college to be a biomedical engineer, but his hobby was three D printing, and it just happened that his hobby is now his job in the medical device world. He actually wow. de- design or designs with a three D pen pieces that fit into people's jaws and skulls, and and then they print them in three D t- or titanium in three D wow. printing, but had he not had that hobby and really known how to pursue all of that, because boy, I didn't teach him that. (laughs) Um, He wouldn't have been a candidate for this job. Um, So, so yes, that it's, it's just so important to know, um, to let your children know how to do that deep learning. And, And I think when kids say they don't like to learn, it's because they've never experienced learning at that level, that that way I get to pursue what I want to know instead of what we're teaching them.
3: Exactly. I I don't think any kid doesn't like to learn. Kids Mm -hmm. like me often don't like to learn what they're forced to learn, that they don't (laughs) understand why it has any relevance to their life. But every kid likes to learn about what they like and what they're curious about, like all humans do we just need to honor that individuality and not suppress it and i think the school system suppresses it it's not built in a way to support it we as parents and especially homeschoolers have the opportunity to really mm. support that individuality and say what do you want to learn about <laughs> like let's yeah. go let's yeah. go have some fun and learn along the way
2: absolutely Love it. Well, thanks so much, Connor. This has been such a great conversation. I would love for you to, to end by sharing what you're doing um, right now um, and how our viewers can connect with you.
3: Awesome. Well, it's been great to chat with you as well. Um, huh. I would point everyone to Tuddletwins.com. That is where mm-hmm. we have all of our uh books and materials. We've got books for toddlers, for teenagers, for kids of all ages. We've got curriculum. We've got, uh, we just came out in July with a brand new history book. I'll Mm. maybe very briefly share about this. We spent two years, uh, preparing for this. We bought all the big, uh, social studies textbooks being used in most of the schools to teach about like the constitution and the revolution. We're trying to understand how are they actually talking about it? All of these books, which are used in most of the schools did a fantastic job when it comes to teaching like the superficial, history, right? Mm. This person wrote a letter to this person. On this, this date, this battle happened. Yes. You know, the, the <laughs> so weather like, was this. So well. the, <laughs> the food was like this, right? All these like tidbits that, again, like knowing that Libertus is the name of the Statue of Liberty, it might be fun to share at a party to look impressive to people. <laughs> but what I drill back to is this quote we all know, those who don't learn from the past are condemned to repeat it.
4: Yes. The biggest problem that we mm-hmm. saw with
3: all of these books that we reviewed that are being used in the schools is that not one of them help, was helping kids to learn from the past. They all teach mm-hmm. kids about yes. the past. Here's stuff that mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. They don't empower kids to say, here are lessons that you can extract and then apply you know, to the modern day. So our book that we released this summer, it's a 240-page fully illustrated American history book talking about the early mm. part of the revolution. It's volume one and what we hope to be a four volume series. And awesome. uh, and so we talk about history, but more importantly, we say, here's modern examples and here's things going on today where maybe yeah. we can draw lessons from the past mm-hmm. so it's not to repeat its mistakes. So that's all at Tuttletrends.com um, And uh, we're on social media and you can find us everywhere. Now we're working mm-hmm. on the second volume of that history book. We're awesome. working on a new book for teenagers, uh, a, new, a new guidebook. Uh, this one comes out in a few weeks. It's the Tuttle Twins Guide to Modern Villains. So every mm. chapter is a different bad dude throughout history and how they rose to power.
2: And mm. the idea is
3: if we understand kind of the circumstances that right, led all exactly. these people, Right, exactly. The things beforehand.
2: Can, right. Yes, See we it. can stop mm. it from happening mm-hmm. today.
3: So that comes out soon. So we're just trying to produce so many more resources so that uh, homeschool parents or parents whose kids are in school that know that they're not learning this stuff in school. So they need mm-hmm. to supplement it in the home, just trying to empower a lot more families, reach and teach millions of kids. And uh, we just, I'll maybe finally mention, we just wrapped season one of our Tuttle Twins cartoon. So if you download yeah. the Angel Studios app, which is free, uh, mm. you can then stream it to your Apple TV, your Roku, your whatever, and uh, watch the whole 12 episode season of the Tuttle Twins cartoon for which we raise millions of dollars. So this is like a legit, high-quality, awesome Very cartoon. Cool. Mm-hmm. And So you can go to the Angel Studios app for that.
2: Very cool. Well, thanks so much, Connor. And thank you for all that you're doing. And this is, um, I'm sure you hear it all the time, such needed resources, but yet... In- in the context of of you know that makes them enjoyable and um and and relevant instead of just this is how everybody does it wrong we you know this is how you do it right it's it's like this is how we do it <laughs> so um and how we live it out and um how applicable today that um, absolutely we have to be within the right um cultural context to be understood and, um, and you're doing a great job. So thank you. So thank you. And um, thanks for again, taking time with us and I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, yeah. And thank you to all our viewers for for joining us. Um, today is Giving Tuesday, by the way. Um, we just started a year-end giving campaign um, to raise $30,000. We had our first family camp for families affected by disability this last year. And um, we did that in partnership with Johnny and Friends last year. This year, we are doing it alone. So we are hoping to raise money for scholarships for families. We had blessed 12 families last year. And it was an amazing experience. If you want to see videos, go to our YouTube channel and... Um, and you can see that. Um, but um, we're hoping to over double that. 30 families in Minnesota and Illinois got back to me last night and said, we have some camps. <laughs> We'd like a camp here. Um, so so that's possibility too. So we have lots of families in need that um, could really um, use that week of respite and for volunteers to surround them and to just encourage them on their walk and their homeschool journey. So um, consider giving to that campaign. We'd um, greatly appreciate that. Um, and so this wraps up our November broadcasts. Um, we're going to hit off December with a blast next week. Um, we're focusing on parent care next month. Definitely needed. Um, and so, we're going to talk about um, creativity um, with strategies and cultivating spiritual creativity, specifically um, with our guest, Annie York. So, um, you'll want to join us for that. Um, but until then, just want guys to, um, have a, a great week and, um, and I see Connor's popped off. So, um, we'll see you then and, um, have, have a great week, everybody. And we'll see you here next time. take just a second to thank the team at life audio for their partnership with us on this podcast if you go to lifeaudio.com you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network they've got shows about prayer bible study parenting and more
1: this has been empowering homeschool conversations with peggy ployer finding uplifting news in today's
3: headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack